Hello, and welcome to Sutra Sidewatch, episode 26. I'm your host, Kamran Shushtar, and with me hosting is... I'm Brandon from Apollo City Comics. And we are continuing our December Christmas time extravaganza. I uh, hope you guys checked out our It's a Wonderful Life episode. That was episode 25. Good time, and we had some some fun talks about uh, the real world and how it definitely doesn't reflect uh, in that movie. But uh, this week, we're getting a little musical with the film White Christmas. Yes, the Bean Crosby. Uh, dude, I, It's White Christmas is a movie I've heard about my entire life. And, you know, it's one of those older films that, like, you know, unless you're doing kind of what we do or if you're with a white family or something, like, you're probably not going to watch this. Like, um, so this... If you don't have a white family, just go find a white family that'll take you in and show you White Christmas, I guess. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, exactly. Because I, uh, unless you watch, you know... I mean, I don't even think Turner Classic Movies would show this anymore. Maybe it does because it's like now they show stuff from like our parents' age. You know what I mean? It's kind of funny. But White Christmas, man, 1954. It's American musical. Um, and it's – I fucking hate musicals, dude. <laughs> I'm going to say it right here now. I fucking hate musicals. I I really – like we, we, we lined up this episode when we first mapped everything out, and this was your pick, and the other pick was – I, I picked it's uh, an imaginary life. I don't know why I was thinking that. It's a wonderful life, based and, off a of Batman like, cartoon. Yes, based off a of Batman like, oh, okay. cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> but and you told me a year ago it was a musical, and in my head right away I was like, "Fuck, I hate musicals." Like I'm not gonna dig it. And then I thought about it. I was like, "No, let's do it." Like I should be open to it. I should, you know, at least discover why I wouldn't like enjoy it. And there was a lot of scenes in this movie I enjoyed. But every time a fucking song came on, I got just like angry, like boiling angry, and I had to calm back down because it just annoys me so much. And I'm a musician. I grew up as a musician, and I've always just passionately despised musicals. I just don't vibe with them. Like I, they don't move the plot forward at all. That's the biggest. Is reason. that That's- why? So I was gonna ask. I was like, let's go back in time to a younger Brandon and that. Like, see what what is the co- What's the root of this uh, this hatred? For, <laughs> for musicals. For musicals. I don't I, I will go on record and say that I grew up as a kid who just did not like Disney. I did not like Disney cartoons. I did not like Disney Channel. I didn't like Disney. Like I only like Disney now because they own Marvel and <laughs> Wow. Wars, I, I You ain't a true at, you're not a purebred Disney. <laughs> no, I I I thought those cartoons were just like I hated the songs. First off, you know, even the like Pocahontas, like Pocahontas, bro, that hurts. Mulan and Lion King, and I was just like, man, this is some sad stuff to be. And it's funny. I tell my fiance that, and I'm just like, I, I, it's so sad. Like as a kid, you're watching this, and it's so depressing. And she's like, so you wouldn't watch Lion King because you thought it was really sad that his father died and. You know, it was the uncle that betrayed him and all that. And I was like, yeah, that's as a kid, like, that's terrifying. Or Bambi, the mom dies like right away and she's all alone. And she's like, you realize your favorite like thing in the world is Batman. Like, (laughs) do not. How does that not correlate? Superman lost his entire planet and his parents just threw him out into space for hope. And 
and Bambi is more depressing to you? And I was like, yes, I fucking hate it. So I just, I never, I never just, I didn't enjoy it. I just don't like that stuff. I really don't. Wait, she she likes all that stuff though, right? She does. Yeah, okay, she okay. Does. There's yeah. one scene person. Yeah, all right, just making sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, musicals like this, like I could respect it. Not that I don't respect it. I see the talent. I definitely see the talent behind it, especially watching this one. Man, those dancing. Exactly. Are, no, good stuff for sure. Not for me, though. Like, I can respect the talent behind it, and in no way would I ever bash that talent aspect of it. And the grind, and pff, wow. Beyond, I will go on record saying that. Beyond, you know, anything else. and The voices and everything. But I fucking hate it. Like, it's annoying and just disgusting to me and i just i get i literally get angry like hearing musicals I even unless i'm watching it live on broadway or something like i could i could fucking care less. so you're like, like a, you're better. like a little green man when you watch it, you're just like ah yeah <laughs> yeah i become scrooge i like i was totally scrooging out this movie because man the first scene in that movie like made me cry that was a good instance and way to use song in a film that progresses like plot you know like Putting on White Christmas as the movie started uh, and there's a war zone in the background and, you know, everyone has their guns on them. They're all dirty. They're in uniform and they're all shivering and just trying to be together. And you're talking about, you know, I'm wishing for a white Christmas and you're just like everything's blown up around you and it's just it's not Christmas. You know what I mean? And as we spoke before last episode. Like we all, we both dream of a white Christmas because you're on, by the beach and I'm in a fucking desert. So like, you you relate to that in a sense. You could really picture some of that. And that first scene, beautiful, dude. Oh, got my heart. And I felt like that song really helped place you in the setting. That song helped you, uh, really encapsulated you in the moment and it let you know what every single one of those soldiers was thinking at that moment. And you saw the pain in them as they heard that song. But you know what? Every fucking song after that was like, why? Why do I? <laughs> what is this doing for the movie? Like, what? You literally take a break to have a song, and then you just you pick up right back up where you where you left off. So you like space <laughs> out for five minutes, and you're like, oh, fucking nothing has happened. Like that was snow. Great, good fucking job. And I don't know. It was just actually it was I, snow, snow, snow. That that's actually how it went. If you, I'm not sure if you heard it correctly or not. You know, they should uh, <laughs> they should have the Red Hot Chili Peppers song <laughs> no. instead of that one. <laughs> no. What is that? We should we should edit a video <laughs> where it has that scene. And oh my god, that's so it's so interesting though. Because also I'm like now in my head I'm like fuck. Well now I can't suggest singing in the rain for the future. <laughs> no, that's a, I mean that's a that's I, a really big one too. Oh yeah, no. I, I, I. One of my other suggestions to be on a list was going to be like uh, "Chitty Chitty Bang Bang," and like that's a musical and whatnot. Like I can hand, I, I may not like it, but I could handle it to a certain extent of like appreciating for what we're for what we're doing. We're learning about movies. We're learning about film. This is a you know a movie podcast, and we should do it for that. And you know, just because I don't dig it doesn't mean that I. You know, it's it's still good to have a discussion. Yeah, yeah. on like why sure. you know, like well, to me it's distracting. To me, it just freezes the movie, and you're wasting time. And unless you're using it the way they used it at the beginning of the film, like that takes a lot of power and talent to be able to blend. It's we just covered Batman Noel on Apollo City Comics, 
and Batman Noel is a Christmas Carol, the story. Yeah. But it's like just kind of pasted over uh, a a Batman story going on, and being able to like paste something on top a, a classic on top of something kind of modern or in the moment or you know in another scene and still having that connection and it's two different worlds i think that's like a really cool remarkable thing and i always admire that so it's it reminded me a lot of that and that that's just like a i think my favorite scene in the entire film you know um but the other songs like i should have i'll look up the soundtrack to well there's the sisters song there's um just the performing songs between uh bob and phil uh there's the snow song there's the dream song about like you know because they can't sleep and it's like oh well eating affects dreams and stuff like that and see see how like those like what you've named so far is like two of them were about characters or being introduced to certain things so like post-war you see these guys and they're now teamed up and it's the the hit the hit because um what's the guy's name i totally forgot which um are you talking about bob or phil Phil, Phil, there you go. Um, the younger one, yeah. My arm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Phil Phil saved Bob's life. And, you know, you got to see where they were after that. And you're like, okay, cool. They're, like, on stage. They're singing. I get the whole, like, the talent. You got to see that because it made sense for you to see that. Bob, uh, what's it called? Uh, Bob was just saying he was a one-man act. And for him to be performed, and the uh, Phil was like, no, 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 this is going to make you a hit. If we do it together, it's going to be the thing that, t- you know, you skyrocket with. And he was like, ah, and it does. It, it proves that Phil was right. And it proves that uh, Bob could be with an act, and it shows their misery and all that behind it. So that that brought out characteristics, as did the sister part. That song showed you how closely knit they were. And because of that song, it played, you know, part later on in the story when, you know, we we're talking about separating the girls and Mother Hen and all that. But like the fucking eating song, like what else? When I name another song, I'll tell you if it was worth it or not. I can't remember the name of the song, but it's the song between like uh, Phil and Judy when they first go to dance and leave. Uh, they leave Bob and Betty at the table. I oh yeah, fuck that song. <laughs> <laughs> I I love that song because of the um the dancing in it. Yeah, that dancing was absolutely incredible. But what what was I mean? I guess that was a characteristic aspect of joining those two together, and kind of mirroring the other two. Well, it's like I get I could take that one. I mean, people like it. it obviously, yeah, it doesn't contribute to the story uh, too much for many of them when it's like going on during that whole thing. And you're kind of like, is this actually really happening or is this like a weird like fever dream that's like occurring when these songs break out in the middle of the movie? But uh-huh. the people the reason like a lot of people enjoy it or at least like why I enjoy it, even though it doesn't necessarily contribute to the story overall, you, you're going into a musical expecting like a really good like mix of just music choreography and performance you're looking for just like you watch a movie for you could say besides the story you're looking for good performances with the the cast and stuff it's just a different version of that just in a more of course like in a more vibrant tone that's getting you in more ways than you would potentially like uh just plain acting Uh, unless it's like Mm -hmm. maybe a drama then you're like oh i'm crying here uh but it's just another way to hit uh 
similar to other genres, but also just completely different. And you know what it reminds me of? Musicals remind me of the way Marvel movies are. Like, they're like a spectacle. Like, the whole Scorsese like controversy of just being like, well, you're going to a Marvel movie for a roller coaster ride and not like to watch a film and a story. And musicals, to me, are that same kind of distraction. Like, I feel like the songs distract you from the overall story because the overall story is just, like, subpar. And it doesn't really, you know, it hits, but, like, it could have been, it's not, you have to use so many things to, like, dodge stuff just to hit that point without really hitting that point. To me, they're distracting. Like, I just, I totally just get taken out and put somewhere else, and then I have to find myself back in when the movie starts again. Similar to how some people think of Marvel films right now. I would say yes and no. Yes in the fact that it does like when you go when you like kind of tear it all down, take out the musical portion and you're like, so what's this movie about? It's like, oh, these two guys that are close knit and two girls that are close knit and there's mm-hmm. a their uh commanding officers in trouble and they need to help them out and also fall in love through it. It's like very basic and it's not deep really at all. Like the also the reason like there is drama near the end. It's also just from a misunderstanding because yeah, it was a that, bad game of telephone. That girl just needed to communicate. Like she just. <laughs> yeah. So it's like a whole. Yeah. So there's like all that there. So yes, it's yeah. like not necessarily like a high. It's a classic film for many reasons. Is it a high caliber film of top quality? Probably not. No. But it's still like, so I get that sense where it does like kind of relate to that of a Marvel movie. But at the same time, the difference would be, at least like with Marvel movies now, a lot of the crazy stuff that people love is done by people that they don't actually appreciate that are like in the back end doing all the visual effects that are like probably not sleeping much at all and doing all this crazy fucking work. But it's taking all these people to do it through that like one thing that's there for 10 seconds or something. And they yeah. go, wow, that was really dope. I can't believe they did that. But I don't really know who did that, so I don't really care. Uh, which sucks for that. But uh, at the same time, like they do all that for that movie. And it takes that many people for that. For the musical, besides maybe the a couple people that are maybe pulling a string, making someone like go in the air or something like that, that's all that actor. That actor is doing all that. That actor is acting. That actor is singing. And that actor is dancing. So yeah. it does a lot more where I think it doesn't deserve to be put at the level of a Marvel movie. It deserves more than that, just because of the sheer talent oh, that's utilized. Yeah, n- not on that um, caliber. Of, oh, no, no, that's what I mean. Matches. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah. Th- that's why I see the difference in it when those do account. And it's like, yes, it is a distraction, but it's a, a distraction of just sheer talent of a singular person, potentially, mm-hmm. with the help of others, but a minor help compared to where, like, with the Marvel movie, yeah, the artists are the ones doing it all and don't really get much of the credit for it, but there's, like, a vast, much higher number for that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because you have, when you look at special effects, I mean, it's never just a short list. It's, like, like hundreds of people almost. Yeah, and, and it's just, like, look at the... They all do, like, one part, and they all kind of have to... It's, like, a, what, a conveyor belt. Like, it's just, you each kind of put your stamp, and then it moves on and whatnot. You know? It's, like, look at the credits list for... Yeah. White Christmas versus, like, let's say, Avengers. And you're just like, Avengers, you're there for, like, 10 minutes at the credits. And then where Christmas is, like, three minutes into the well, That's all, folks. And then they walk off. And then we, we did it. <laughs> um, but that's the thing. Uh, Judy Haynes, like, uh, uh, Vera Ellen. Uh, man, dude, she can dance. Holy yeah. 
fucking shit, dude. Like that was that was the cool part watching it too. And I mean, that's just like my two cents about the musical aspect. Like I did enjoy the film. There are cool things that are you know definitely gonna highlight. You know, even on the part I, I complain, I just don't happen to like musicals. You know, no, for it's sure, it's just a gripey thing. But um, but by all means, like there's so much respect behind this movie because of all of that. Because man, Vera Vera Ellen, her dancing, that so much energy, and like you're not doing takes. You're not like snipping and cutting film. It's 1954. They're really, if you did do that, you could definitely tell. This is like one shot. You guys are performing this all right now. Um, and it's it's mind-blowing what you end up seeing on that. It is just absolutely like pure skill and talent. And I could only imagine like how much hard work had to go into mastering that stuff. Um, even when they do like make fun of the choreography thing, it's no longer dancing, it's choreography and whatnot. It's uh, all of those dance scenes were just phenomenal. Yeah. And it's like even um, when they're doing, it's sort of like the rehearsal, but the general and his like daughter, granddaughter and uh, mm-hmm. what's her face is watching. And they do like first, um, it's her older sister, uh, Betty singing with the boys. And then after like Judy just comes down on her own and then doesn't even sing she just yeah. dances completely and you're just like holy shit okay yeah mm-hmm. and it's that whole thing where she's kind of like the the star of that whole portion practically because all she needs to do is that and at the same time you're looking at it and you're like holy shit she's doing it on heels like i don't yes every single dancing and they weren't short heels like those things are pretty tall. Yeah. Standing. As as a guy that's never really worn heels, though, like, I don't get it. Like, I I know, you know, people complain about, like, oh, it hurts my feet and stuff like that with heels and everything else. And I've never, like, I've been like, you know, just don't wear heels. It's fine. Don't don't worry about it. But <laughs> I, I can't imagine what it's like just to walk in them normally. Like, the difficulty of, like, your feet are being elevated in a strange position that they're not, they're naturally not yeah supposed to be in and then the fact that now you're doing high energy movements with them as well like all of the dancing and everything else like a lot of people you know when half the time you get a some thing with a girl and uh you go to the dance floor you know she'll take off her shoes to dance and yeah. she just yeah so but this it's like all oh, the heels are on it's fucking insane and you're just like for like five minutes straight can't you yeah it. you can't it's ins- it's crazy and you're just like ah, oh, that must hurt i can't even imagine mm-hmm. the pain or but it's like you take them off and you're just like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And having the, also like the vocal skills to be able to like sing that live. I'm sure they overdubbed it at some point, but you are having to sing and do that at the same time to yeah. a certain extent and be able to do it in sync enough. So I, I'm not too sure. Maybe I do. I should have looked that up now that I think about it. I didn't even consider this, but like what kind of overdubbing would have been done for this film? And if, if not, I mean, holy shit. But uh, even if there was overdubbing, being able to sing it and then overdub over it and be like just just as precise and in time and like just pure talent with these actors. And I could see why, to tell you the truth, you know, I really see why actors really like did everything they could. And they, you know, they were movie stars because look at all this talent that they're doing. And it's kind of like, you know, not to be too shitty or anything, but like actors nowadays don't do like half as much skill set wise on a film. And it's, they're paid, you know, 30 fucking million times more. Yeah. Um, so it's just the evolution that you needed as an actor and the capabilities you needed back then compared to now is fucking unique. 
Also, speaking of the dubbing, I don't know if this really answers the question at all, but there was a trivia fact where it's like, in an interview, Rosemary Clooney once quipped that this could have been a near-perfect movie if only they could have dubbed her dancing. Oh, wow. Huh. So that kind of implies that there was no overdubbing, right? I guess. It's hard to say because she says specifically dancing. I don't know if it's like the singing too. Like that that's where yeah. I'm like very confused. Like I don't know if it's a joke or Or just like just like the, the sound of it and everything, or yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. Um but yeah. And I guess like just to go over it really fast, like this movie came out nineteen fifty four. And the whole thing, the cool part about it was the the beginning portion. It's nineteen forty four. They're in Europe where they're stationed in uh, during World War Two, mm-hmm. and yeah, they're in the ruins of some town, just like stuck there for Christmas. And yeah, you see the whole thing when they're singing it. Like all the soldiers are just like they want to be home. They're looking sad and everything else. They just want to head back home and be there for Christmas. But also. It's their last night kind of relaxing before they have to be sent back into the front lines. And, you know, they're also thinking like, oh, I wish I was home for Christmas. Also, there's a chance now going back to the front lines, I could die. And once you get that time skip, the movie came out, like I said, 1954. The movie is supposed to be set the same year. It's supposed to be a 10 year time jump afterwards. And it's kind of interesting thinking about that because that means that Phil and Bob had been partners now for a decade singing yes. and everyone else has been doing their thing. Like what's his face, uh, become a TV show host. Um, one of their guys and then the general, yeah, he like grabbed up in the, uh, that hotel and stuff. So like each one kind of, you know, they had their own histories until they come back and then it's like, Oh shit, I haven't, I haven't seen you in 10 years since the war. Like a lot of them when they all get reunited, which is crazy. Um, yep. even the point, like one of them's like, Hey, Hey captain, my, my uniform can't fit. And he's like, yeah, I wonder why <laughs> he's like talking to yeah. his stomach. Um, that was like the cool part behind it. It also shows like, honestly, like, you know, if this was the fifties and you're looking at a general who just like, can't get a job that's struggling with money. Like, uh, so have, I guess we have been like treating our vets like shit. since. <laughs> early wars it's an american tradition what do you mean yeah yeah it's it's i mean again we're talking about but i mean both these movies we're covering this month they're the themes that were really strong in the 40s and the 50s and issues and problems that they're facing and then you look at everything today and you're like absolutely nothing has changed nothing um it's real sad i mean the whole song just being like you know if you get out of the army and you're a sergeant or a private it means you're young and you're you know spruced up and it's talking about like you know even that whole scene when the general tries to get back into uh the army and he says he's gonna join basically just calling him old and useless and it's like damn like we're not gonna help him all at all we're not gonna try to find resources we're not gonna take notice to see who else is going through this we just kind of like all right you did your time thank you later you risked your life for us so i mean good luck just living here i guess yeah it's it's crazy man it it sucks too because it's like oh this sucks and then you get to the if if they have movies covering the vietnam post-war and they're like oh it gets it gets worse it gets so much worse (laughs) fuck (laughs) oh my gosh yeah dude it's uh you know the whole i i really do feel like if there was a character that i 
really admired and I really enjoyed through this movie because of his arc and what they, you know, he went through was the general seeing him having to say bye to his squad on Christmas Eve. And that whole moment that that first scene fucking amazing, man, like one of the best introductions to a film I think we've seen so far. And then, you know, just finding out his fate and what he's been doing and what he's trying to figure out. He's kind of in self-denial and then he kind of puts back on the uniform and his entire squad is there uh, at the very end. Like that made me tear up, dude. Like just knowing he wasn't forgotten and that, yeah, the world has been going on and everyone's been doing their own lives. It's Christmas Eve. They brought their families. They brought their families and just made a huge celebration out of it. Like it's like a really cool and beautiful thing. Just everyone kind of being selfless and being like, no, like, you know what? This is the time to be together. And, you know, general, obviously this is kind of a cry to be like, Hey, let's go see our general. And it's a reunion for everybody too. So, I mean, I thought that was just like a really powerful moment and what they can do. So his whole thing was just like kind of rediscovering of, you know, he's growing older, but he's not forgotten. And that's the important part because he's felt forgotten for so many years. And maybe this is the life changing event that probably alters his life and alters the hotel's future and everything. So cool like cool stuff on that end i really enjoyed it yeah i mean looking at it when he does arrive or he does show up and they all like come to attention like the first guys he sees are all of his officers including like his second in command that was like always there with him throughout the like first portion and you could see like out of all the soldiers you know the officers are all the older older ones like you could tell they're all just there like in their uniforms and everything else besides the captain being Mm -hmm. bob uh, and then you see like the full line of all the pretty much non-commissioned from like the sergeants, the privates and whatnot. Uh, it's uh, really well done in that sense. Like I really like the way they pulled that off, especially. And, and just also the fact that his second in command just remembers everything perfectly that he's able to like reenact all of it still is yeah. really nice. That was super cool. Yeah, I thought that was uh, even the background. You could tell it was the same stage background that they used in the beginning, but they you know used it and made it for that event. Like I thought that whole that whole scene was just great. Yeah, and that 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 whole set, the World War Two set, that that is a, a magnificent set. Like that looked really yes. really good. It will the bleakness it has compared to any other scene in that film really shows you like how dark and horrid those times were. Um. I don't know. I thought that was just just oh, such a cool thing. Really good. But then, you know, you look at the other arcs. Okay, so we have Bob and Phil who they were there. And, you know, apparently there was an attack right after White Christmas and everything was getting signed off and the general takes off. Um, there was kind of an attack and a, a building was about to fall. And Phil pulls Bob out of the way, but he injures his arm on the way down. And that's where they kind of become connected because Bob was the entertainment for Christmas Eve. And Phil was like, I have this number, like this, you know, let's partner up just this once. And then, like you said, you know, it takes a moment to kind of pull back and realize like, oh, that just this once, 10 years later, he's still pulling the like whole arm routine and being like, man, I saved your life. I, I have my arm, you know, dude, like he's, they're friends because they're kind of lonely and they have no one else you could tell. Yeah. Like, obviously both of them are, and that's, that's the whole thing. You know, they're trying to get bob to settle down and bob to find a woman and so that way and, he can go find a woman too because bob is so yeah. bob's a workaholic he wants to do the next thing next thing next thing next thing yep and so phil has no time for anything and he hit i love his plan so much and he's like yeah. what do you want me to it's like i want you to have i want you to find a wife and i want you to have nine kids 
and I'll give me 45 minutes. He says five minutes with each kid would give me 45 minutes in the day by my to myself. And that's 45 glorious minutes I can just go get a massage or something. Yes. And I'm just yeah. thinking about it. I'm like, dude, it's just 45 minutes. I love that. He'd just be like, yeah, only well, each kid gets five minutes and that's it. Like, that's <laughs> just that concept. Yeah, that was some of those early lines were just too funny. And even the, the give me a good reason and it, it, for an old war buddy. And it's just like, oh, it's not a good one, but it's a reason. Stuff like that. Like, I love that quirkiness that was going on in those scenes. Um, the writing, you know, really was well done and the act structure and everything like I, I, I've, I mean, excellent, you know, easy to like, you know, as like maybe it's just we're watching more movies and we're getting more attuned to it. But, you know, seeing where act one, act two, act three start, you know, like it's kind of cool um, being able to observe that now. And these classic films kind of like hit it on the on the nose and you see the turning points and stuff like that. Um, and the whole the whole like how you introduce characters like when you meet um, Betty and Judy, that's kind of, uh, again, like a huge turning point for them both. And their whole arc that kind of picks up with theirs, like it's just very coincidental and it just happens so perfectly, you know, oh, yeah. um, trying to find Bob Love. And then they're going to go scout out these two two girls that Bob is like insisting out of everybody. It's Bob who's being like, no, we got to go do this. And he's the one, you know, they end up meeting and everything. And it's funny how alike everyone was, uh, was it, um, Bob and Judy, right? It was Judy or no Bob and Betty, right? Uh, it's yeah, but yeah, yeah, Bob and Betty. And then it was Phil and Judy. They kind of split off and they kind of, you know, couple up a little bit. You, you gotta and... love Phil just being like, boy, girl, bro, isn't this great? Boy, girl, boy, girl. Yeah, that girl, whole boy, setup girl. and how quickly Phil picks up on like you know how like the connection between the two and just like you know he he watches bob stare down betty not stare down but just go gaga over betty when she's performing and you know he's thinking of the other girl who's you know they're both debatably like more attractive than the other it's hard to even like decide which one's more attractive than the other they're both gorgeous women and i I love that mix up between the two of like who's looking at who and the direction they go off in and how similar both couples were you know um Phil and Judy were just trying to like start their lives and they, yeah, they knew this was a whole thing, but like they want to have fun with it too. And they feel like being tied down and never having fun. And the other two are just adamant about working and very passionate about what they want. Some mother head on. Yeah, exactly. Both yeah. of them in that sense. Um, but you know, goddamn, all Judy had to, I mean, all Betty had to do was just like either speak up <laughs> or question things or not take the full advice from the telephone aspect. I thought that was hilarious. But I don't know if you have more to add to the beginning characteristics. I mean, uh, pretty much correct there. Like, uh, I mean, yeah, Bob, it's like, yeah, mother hen workaholic uh, are the two kind of traits here you see with them. And each one, for sure, like Betty more so is just watching over her sister where Judy wants, yeah, she just wants to be like, fly the coop whereas yeah it feels like oh this is what this was great i'm glad i did this but also yeah i just want my time to myself that's it like Mm -hmm. uh the fact that like each time he tries to go out with a girl he can't because bob's busy so he goes and does he goes and doubles down like oh if i find bob a girl too then i can have time because then he won't try to push me along and each time it doesn't work and even tries with that girl i forget what um 
she says it multiple times. Uh, one of the showgirls, she's like, not charmed. I'm sure it's like something like, uh, you know, you know no, what I'm talking um, about? Yeah, I know. I know exactly what you're. She saying. She says it so. in that voice, and you're just like, Ugh. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's um, the point. It, it's like it's supposed to be like, don't go out with this woman. Uh, mutual, I'm sure. Mutual, yeah. I'm sure. That's what she was mutual, saying. Mutual, yeah. I'm sure. And it's and like, <laughs> like, like, what? It doesn't make any <laughs> like, sense, and you have to use her. Uh, that that guy that keeps trying to dance with uh with Betty, yeah. Uh, during that dance portion, like they they set him up with her, you, and it's you get like the bimbo out of him. Yeah, have you met her? And it's just like mutual. I'm sure, <laughs> and you're just like, okay, this has been solved. Now to the yes. to the next part that we need to get done. Uh, it's fantastic. I love that. So yes. Much. Yeah, like you know, it was uh, all the characters. I felt like that they introduced had like purpose and meaning and I, I didn't feel like a minute was kind of wasted in developing the relationships and discovering who they were and you know even the interactions between phil and phil and bob as as much as you question why they would still be partners you just you realize that like they're all they have and they've they've become so close there you can't separate them and separating them you know one starting their life and just like with a lot of things just like in real life when you're best friends with someone or you do projects or, you know, you have a band, whatever. Like when somebody kind of starts a relationship and starts to get serious about it, stuff starts changing. Things start slowing down. Um, you have to really work around it and everything as well. And that that takes time. But you like really it, it gets to the point where if somebody starts a relationship, you're just like, well, uh, it's the end of that chapter in my life. Like I've had friends who have done that. You know, they get a boyfriend, girlfriend, and it's just like, oh, you're just – caught up with that now it's like disappeared. Every, whatever we're doing yeah yeah totally gone and um again something that's just like never changed in humanity i feel like that's a repeated thing even to this day how that whole cycle goes and it's, that a, whole it's a definite experience. human thing for sure mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah something but, that won't be evolving i'm pretty sure <laughs> no right. yeah that's something we're never gonna lose uh the i wonder who was the lady i keep i always kept forgetting her name the lady that did the whole telephone apps aspect the the eavesdropping and all that oh her that was uh emma allen played by mary Wick- wickus yeah man fuck emma you know what i mean like how how did betty hear what emma she say? hung up at the worst part and then just like yes. fucks it all up and it's just like just oh. starts spreading rumors and then destroys a relationship and everything goes to shit for a bit. And then right when Betty comes back because she sees the TV announcement and learns the truth, first thing she does is, oh, hi, Emma, and gives her a big hug as if, like, nobody was just like, you realize this all happened because of her. Like, that is is all her fault. And <laughs> she's like, motherfucker. If there's anything but- we've learned, guys, it's please don't eavesdrop on phone calls. Obviously, now to do it on a mobile phone means you're probably uh, working for the FBI or something, yeah. and you're some pervert at the FBI, most likely. Uh, but, uh, yeah, if you're using a landline phone and you're just like, oh, if someone's on the phone, I better pick up and find out what they're saying. Like, it's like, no. I think, wasn't that in um, It's a Wonderful Life, actually, when the mom picks up the phone while uh, Mary is on the phone with what's-his-face. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's exactly, like, yeah. He's like, hee-haw, hee-haw. Like, she's yeah. like, Mom, are you on the phone? I'm not on the phone. <laughs> things up the exactly. phone. Yeah. It was like, well, My grandma used to do that to me. I, I, really? We are still, you know, in that age range. I don't know. You guys had home phones and all that, right? Yeah, so, but, you know, yeah. no, my parents at least never 
did like they never no one ever eavesdropped on my phone calls i don't think at least if they did i they were they did such a good job that i never found out my grandma is just one of those people who will just like spy on you no matter what like you could just be sitting in your bedroom doing nothing and she's like in the corner of her room just like peeking through the door like you're just like what what do you want? <laughs> like, nothing Dude, is happening. It just means she doesn't trust <laughs> you, man. She <laughs> would she be doing that everywhere, looking out windows all the time, and just like I wonder if she was like a a, a spy at some point, and it's just to watch. That's possible. <laughs> yeah, or she's bored. <laughs> yeah, I've learned so, when old people are. Bored, I, that's why they look out windows. If old people, if, if there's an old person looking out the window, they're bored as hell, and they're like, I need to, I need something to do with. They see someone that's like. Your dog's peeing on the lawn. It's like, you son of a bitch. It's yeah. like, oh, they. it's finally something they could like, yeah. And then they're like, well, they can't do anything to me because I'm inside my house. So I can say yep. anything I want to them. Yeah. <laughs> it's insanity. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. But yeah, that was the whole, her whole, I mean, her whole thing was just like, the story needed that character to be there. You know yes. I mean? Yeah, it was all her fault. Because it, ca- yeah, stuff, she but... causes the... Like the issues that occur that you need like to have a more, I guess, like more fulfilling climax, I guess. Yeah. And she's you exactly. And she's a character you can't really get upset at. You know what I mean? She's she cares so much about what's going on and she's helping everyone and she's cried because she knows what they're doing and she's just trying to help. And everyone knows she's just trying to help. And, you know, she's upset that she would even hear that aspect. And even though it wasn't going to be the case, you know what I mean? Like she's a decent human being. Yeah. She's just that's what gossip does you know what i mean like that's just what gossip does like get your facts but i don't know man um other than, i i really don't know what else what else do you want to cover oh uh, just i would say a few things here and there like one uh, i thought it was interesting i was looking through like i mean honestly mdb trivia does have some good stuff here but uh the thing the part where like all right you know how they do the sisters act and then mm-hmm. bounce so then Phil and yes. Bob got to fill in for them. Did you yeah. know? So this is very, very interesting. Uh, the Those two, Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye's were fooling around on the set. And the director, which we haven't talked about the director, Michael Curtis, mm-hmm. he thought it was so funny. He filmed it and that's how it got into the film. Oh, that wasn't wow. actually part of it. Yeah, there is some stuff ad lib Like that was put into it. Uh and then the midnight snack por- portion where Bob's mm. talking about his theory of what food causes, tr- like what foods cause oh, the, yeah. the dreams and stuff that was improvised. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. So that's just that's ba- a lot of this is all just being Crosby. Just like, oh, you know, just uh, doing some random shit here. And Michael Curtis, he's done multiple things. And you'll know him actually for some some big, big things because White Christmas is not his most well-known film. Oh, really? His most well-known film is a little something called Casablanca. Really? Mm-hmm. I did not know He this. also did the uh, Robin Hood movie that had uh, Errol Flynn. Oh, wow. Yep. And the, uh, let's see, Captain Blood, also starring Errol Flynn. So it looks like him and Errol Flynn worked together quite a few times. Well, it's interesting because I knew he did a lot of foreign films and foreign in the sense of like Hungarian, um, Danish movies, uh, Australian movies and everything. Like I didn't really go when I was when I was scrolling through his stuff. I really didn't get to his American film set. 
and that's kind of where I, st- I probably got distracted or something. But that is insane. So he did Casa. He directed Casablanca. Mm-hmm. Like, oh wow, that I mean, and his filmography is huge. Yeah, huge. Um, like I can't even. Well, he has a movie called The Walking Dead, which is interesting. Oh, with Boris Karloff. Wow. And it's really about like a zombie. That's kind of interesting. We should look into that one day. Um, that's oh, cool. boy. Another to add to that. Yeah, that, that was just like an interesting <laughs> find. Yeah, apparently he did this movie called uh, The Walking Dead. I mean, interesting enough. You know what I mean? It yeah. might have a connection. But uh, with Boris Karloff, who plays a wrongly executed man who is restored to life by a scientist. Uh, so kind of has um, a Frankenstein vibe to that as well. That's just, I mean, that was in 1936. So, I mean, that's kind of cool that, I mean, he even mar- went into that territory. But The Adventures of Robin Hood. Let's see if I recognize anything else. Um, Santa Fe Trail, I actually recognize that movie. Because my grandpa, I feel like a lot of these, I've probably seen these because of my grandpa is probably watching them all the time. But damn, he has an extensive filmography. Almost every year, he has two to three films. And nineteen fifty four was one of his last, last movies or last like you know part of his chunk that he did. Cause yeah, because he stopped in nineteen sixty one. That was his last film. Damn man, this guy's this. If you look at his filmography, and it wasn't even that like, that was such a long list. Mm-hmm. I, I, wow holy crap this guy knew what he was doing and he he was at the beginning of filmmaking and got to a pretty extensive part in evolution of filmmaking especially hitting like that musical aspect and i mean he was there probably making silent films at that point being in the 30s and 20s like, potentially yeah. yeah uh which i will say also singing singing in the rain is also about that transition too which was really interesting right? that yeah that's why it's an interesting movie to cover because it does a lot of different things and it but uh, another trivia fact is, I thought this was actually really interesting. Bing Crosby sang White Christmas Here. This is the third movie he sang that song in. Really? Yep. Huh. First was the 1942 film Holiday Inn, and then the 1946 film Blue Skies. So he's oh. done this before, which is crazy. But, you know, it. I think it's very iconic. Because, of course, that song, you know, you hear it on the radio, you hear it still to this day, you hear it on the radio. People play it when they have their Christmas songs, and it is White Christmas, sung by Bing Crosby. Yeah. Like, he is the one that sings that song. It's such yeah. a big Christmas song. Probably, I would say, easily one of the top three Christmas songs in general for just the average family or something like that. That really represents Christmas, I guess you could say. And... And I guess the other one would be like Feliz Navidad, which would be hilarious, you know. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, but you just think about it, and this movie, just as a Christmas film, has such an iconic feeling, I guess, in terms of like not the modern day. Because when you think about Christmas movies, you talk, it's a wonderful life to an extent, but really, White Christmas a lot more. Like, you hear people mm-hmm. talk about White Christmas, and then you kind of have a giant flash forward in time like that's the only old film people really talk about for christmas because then you get to uh home alone you get to christmas story yeah you get to um 
What else? Is and that's it? why we didn't choose those ones either. You yeah. know, the first thing for me to think of is a Christmas story. You know, like that's hey, what's the first Christmas film that you think of when you think of Christmas movies? <sighs> Christmas story. Right? Yeah, because it's on 24 7. It on... You, it's yeah. so quotable. Like, everything about it is just fantastic. Uh, my mom always wouldn't get me the damn BB gun. I honestly did ask for it multiple times, and she wouldn't give me the fucking gun. But, uh, <laughs> like, that movie, Elf, honestly, is probably the newest edition, I would say. Elf. I would say so, for sure. Yeah, Elf is so. Yeah. I fucking love Elf. Uh, but yeah, Home Alone 1 and 2. People say Die Hard. It's like Die Hard, yeah, I would say Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Do I think it's a top Christmas movie? No, I don't no. think it's a top Christmas yeah. movie at all. Like, right. barely. Nah, nah. Um, what else? Uh, um, what's the one I keep on thinking? Oh, National uh, Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yes, that's that's, that's the, the fucking. That's probably that's like I would say pinnacle. the top three is Christmas Story, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and like Home Alone one and two. I guess if you want to count that as one, or yeah, I would say those are like the biggest ones. For sure. Which I think Disney did like a new Home Alone either series, I want to say. I think there's like a Disney Plus Home Alone series. And yeah, I have zero drive to go watch it because I never even watched the sequels. Like, what was it? Three and whatever came after three. Um, I saw Home Alone for the first time like a year or two ago. (laughs) Are you are you serious? I like never had any like reason to see that movie. I almost, I'm not like a big Christmas movie guy either. I feel like I'd watch Halloween movies and horror movies and other stuff, but Christmas movies I just never really got with, I feel. I don't know. I don't know. I'm I was also I don't know. I don't know why I never watched that movie. I think my dad didn't like it, so I just never watched it cuz he was like that's this is stupid. Like I would never as a parent, he was like this is fucking stupid. Damn. You know I mean? that's, like, where's the heart, man? Yeah, my yeah. my grandpa took my sisters to watch this because i wasn't born yet when this first one came out i don't believe yeah. i don't think it why it was uh my grandpa took my sisters to watch it in the theater they said they were so worried about him he was laughing so hard they thought something was wrong with him because oh he was laughing that hard during the movie and i was like holy mm-hmm. shit and this is like world war ii veteran gunnery sergeant marine corps grandfather like dying watching home alone in the theater with his granddaughters oh my gosh yeah oh my god which fun fact he actually turns 101 on december 12th this year so what? that's also yeah yep hey congrats on that so that's Dude. that's also yeah we gotta get a we gotta get a photo shout out on <laughs> to promote this episode with that Oh, man. But, um, but oh, what, what else did you have? What I got, I got what I think I got like a couple more things. One was, when, all right, when they're talking about going to Vermont and it's like the snow, uh-huh. I think we talked about it during, I can't remember, did we talk about this during Wonderful Life? Just the idea of Vermont being like a great Christmas. Yeah. Okay. The other thing that they said was hot buttered rum. And I heard it and I'm like, oh, what the fuck is hot buttered rum? I don't, that completely went over my head and I'm like, I, I started Googling it. And it's like, yeah hot buttered rum it's like the it's just rum with that just sounds so fucking good and i'm like what this is real this is a real thing like people have hot buttered rum and i, I got know, I was just so that up too. i got so excited and i'm like dude I, I fucking want this so badly now this sounds delicious i know it does sound like a like a harry potter you know warm butter beer yeah drink. yeah yeah and it's uh because butterbeer the whole thing with butterbeer it's like it's like a butterscotch drink and it's definitely an acquired taste i learned because a lot of people yeah. i learned don't like it and 
which works for me because if they get it they don't like it i'll take it and i'll drink it because i like it so i'll yeah. i have no problem didn't that happen when we were at dis at uh universal i feel like someone didn't like it and they gave me their drink i wouldn't be surprised yeah because did you have it i can't remember if you had no because they wouldn't take off the fucking foam and because it's <sighs> copyrighted and i was just like seriously guys like you're missing a whole market over here because it has dairy in it oh that's so. wait so kato couldn't have it either then huh no oh maybe shit then who's did i maybe it was tiana's then i don't I know would, i would assume it's tiana's yeah because i remember I someone Brandon. couldn't finish theirs and i was like more for me or maybe it was the pumpkin fizz maybe someone didn't want to finish their pumpkin fizz it was something mm, i just that remember might have been me and kato because we doubled up on all that and kind of went over that's course, what it was so. yeah okay that's what i had more of which we we got way too excited with food on that trip and we just had too much everything everywhere that's our bet <laughs> dude i was just happy i got the i got the cold butter beer like the the front like the frosty one that's yeah. like uh besides the regular one and i had both because i've had the regular multiple times and i've always wanted the like the cold one and hopefully there's a good chance after christmas i'll be going to the to the hollywood one because my sister's nice. got like tickets because she works for dreamworks and stuff but like uh i want the hot butter beer i want to see what that tastes like because it's like winter and i'm like oh my god that's my chance i can finally have it so nice. if i get it i'll let you i'll let you know how that is yes yes please please to... let me know. that'd be exciting yeah, check it out. But yeah, yeah. that's the cool thing. This this movie does like it. It you start off in that Christmas spirit because you're in that war zone, and then you're taken out of it for like almost the entire film. It doesn't feel like rainy Florida, movie. or was it even raining? No, maybe it wasn't raining, but it was just like Florida. Florida though. Yeah, Florida. <laughs> yeah, get the hell out of there. Um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, and then like you're kind of taken out of that whole like feeling for a bit, you know, the, not till the end of the movie. Do you really pick back up that Christmas vibe and feel, and then you're brought back to it. Um, but I feel like out of the whole third, you know, two hour film, maybe like 20 minutes was like Christmassy. Yeah. Cause it's like the very end. Cause the snow finally hits, which really fast, actually the, they get there and it's just like what, it's 65 degrees and I have a, I have like a thermal blanket on underneath and this is like really yeah. hot and there's no snow. And I'm just like, damn, global warming came early. What the fuck happened? I know. That's, exactly I, that's what all Kato I was thinking of. Too. I'm like, dude, this is too, this is too real. It's too real yeah. right now. God, it was this. just like, whoa, if they were predicting global warming in the fifties, then come on. Like they had no idea. They had no fucking idea. And it's just like, yeah, dude, it's fucking <laughs> terrible. God damn it. But yeah, I thought that that was just something that hit my mind and took me out of the film for a second. But that's just that's an yeah. unavoidable like, just that's just reality. Yeah, that's, that's just, just a the thing harsh. we have to deal with now, which fucking sucks. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. Other than that, I don't think there's I don't think there's anything else like uh, over you know, and yeah. the writers were kind of all over the place. They all had various like credits, and that's when you would just pump out screenplays like crazy because that's just like the job you had landed. I mean, just and... like everything back then because films were, they were using a lot of the same sets. It was very yep. much like all on the sets and everything else. It wasn't that hard to just keep recycling and churn them out piece by piece because also there's not much production being done in it, or at least post-production. Like it's all done yeah. right then and there. You don't have to worry about too much. It's not like now where you're like, we're done filming. And it's like, oh, so the movie's out soon. Oh, no, no. Now we have to make the movie because it's just a bunch of green screen. And you're like, oh, yep. fuck. And I'm like, yeah. oh, right. I hate green screen. 
Yeah, exactly. I always forget that. I'm like, it's starting, it's getting to that point watching more classical films that have a bigger impact than the ones that are coming out now. And you're just like, oh, maybe you should just be on a location more often and just have oh, yeah. some more soul in it, maybe. That'd be nice. Yeah, maybe the, this is the way they utilize green screen and CGI in films now is kind of just like the way they're pumping it out. Like, that's the new evolution of the industry. That's how they pump everything out now. Like, And it just like before, they would... I don't know if I said this, to tell you the truth. I think this is a fact that's been buried in my head and it, like didn't come out when it needed to but when they filmed uh the original dracula the carlos the one that we watched um they would film the spanish version at night and that's why the spanish uh version of that movie looks a lot eerier and creepier because it was kind of the same set but it was at night and they would film the american one like the english one during the day and so they'd have a whole different set of actors and crew like and just swapping on different shifts basically i i i didn't know that yeah yeah exactly i don't think i ever said that in our episode <laughs> you didn't so I, that's over. news to me i'm like flashing back like hey guys book fucked me up so hard that i just was just like, we're back it. in october <laughs> yeah like it. <laughs> whoops um but yeah it, that, that's what they used to do at certain points was just like one movie would shoot at day one would shoot at night stuff like that and you know just oh you're not using this piece well we could use it in our film over here just wheel it over and that was a that's why Wait, like, was the different watch. actors and actresses for the spanish version yeah oh yeah shit yeah damn how cool right that's pretty Super fucking cool. cool yeah but no i mean gosh I, w- I wish they did that for all the current movies now i want to see i want to see mexican iron man really badly <laughs> I see that <laughs> yeah because you couldn't really like dub over stuff like that they'd have to make their own for that region which is super cool and unique and i bet if they still did that we'd have better movies than what we have today you know, if America wasn't just all like these are ours, <laughs> like, just pushing everyone away. Like it was like a Chinese, uh, Chinese government just kind of putting their tongue in the ear, like this is ours. But oh yeah, <laughs> you don't want to. You want to make sure China likes it too, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jesus. But I don't know. It, it it was a cool movie. I'm glad I saw it for like the history of it and how popular it is. I don't say this too often on the show, but I will never rewatch this movie again in my life. Like, I hope I never come across it um, ever again, unless I need to talk about the intro- the first scene. But I mean, I hell, I would rewatch Casino Royale from the sixties, and you wouldn't. It's just one of those cases, you know. Like, it's just we're all gonna have those movies that we're just like, well, that wasn't as spectacular as spectacular as I thought. But I mean, it needed to be done. Like yeah. I, I now have an opinion about it. So I'm happy I saw it. I respect the fuck out of it. For anyone who gets upset for how much I don't care for this movie, it's purely not out of like any sort of just like this is lame and crap and horrible. I just I fucking hate musicals. And that's really just what kills the whole thing for me. Um, I think I would have really enjoyed it and just had more. I would have just enjoyed it more. You know, it's hard for me to enjoy this stuff when I'm getting distracted by that. But o- overall taking that away and just looking at it it's a good movie it's a good film people will like it Kato at the end of it was even just like i didn't think it was that bad i was like i fucking hated this like i needed i need to get away and let's watch some colombo or something oh my god what's with people in fucking colombo i swear to it's god it's so damn good i never watched colombo just... we're gonna have a colombo thon you are or we why what are you doing to, you like, need to watch i don't it have now. time for this shit dude no, we've been watching we've been, actually it was kind of cool watching this because it's all world war ii but we've been watching mash um like every that's night that's korean war 
Yeah, it's Korean War, and it's it was just funny watching too. Like it was like a medical area, like when the movie started, and right away she was like, "We just watch Mash," and man, Mash is so damn good. <laughs> I fucking. Love I remember it. watching random episodes of that very long ago, but it was like very few of those episodes I actually watched, and I have no recollection of it at this point. Start it up now. If you want to, no, good, I'm good. I, good I, I have Phenomenal. so many things. I'm good. I am so good Phenomenal. right now. Yeah, no thank but, you. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, happy holidays to everyone who's listening to this this far in. This is coming but, out pretty much the week of Christmas, so this will yeah. Be a, hope you guys enjoy this. What was that? Uh, what do you watch during Christmas? Do you watch Christmas movies, or do you just watch like what was the one movie Hebrew Hammer or something like that? I was on Comedy Central. No, I do not watch that. I I actually should watch that movie though. I've heard it's really good. Um. No, I, I do watch Christmas movies. Thank you very much. Uh, I... <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I watch uh, for sure Christmas Story every year. But that's more like it's not even watching it from start to finish because it's always on like TNT or something. So we'll yeah. put it on like during the day and stuff and we'll just see random parts. Like I'll probably see like the same scene like eight times before I see like the scene I hadn't seen that day so far. Because it like have ar- has already like played so many times, but uh, for sure Christmas Story. Um, I don't really. I'm not gonna lie. Like I don't hang out with my family uh, that much when they're all together watching the movies and whatnot. They'll watch a lot of the same ones over and over. And I used to do it when I was younger, but now I'm like ah. When we're all together, I still go and do my own thing for the most part. Uh, every now and again, I'll still stick with them and do something, but. For sure, the ones that are rewatchable are the ones I probably talked about before. Like for sure, like Christmas Story. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. If we got, if the opportunity comes up, Home Alone one and two, Elf, but the, it's probably like those five. Uh, I actually do like watching a French movie called Joy and Noel, and it's okay. a World War One movie about a true story where there was a uh, three factions. It was the Scottish. The French and the Germans, which the Scottish and French allied, of course, uh, they were all in the trenches and they stopped fighting on Christmas Day and actually all left the trenches and just celebrated Christmas together. And then afterwards, they couldn't fight each other after they, they just didn't want to do it. I that I recall that movie. That sounds really familiar. I think I, I it's I got Diane Kruger in it um, as well. Uh, she huh. She's in it. Yeah, it's a really good movie. I remember watching it in my French class in high school. And I liked it enough that I found it on DVD and, and bought it. It's a really good movie oh, I damn. enjoy. Yeah, I'm gonna have to recheck that out because uh, that sounds super familiar. Like, yeah, it's actually definitely a good. F- it, it, I would say it, it hits multiple things from uh, Christmas movie, foreign film, like that. That definitely would hit a couple stamps there if we wanted to do that in the future. Actually, I think that would be a good one. But just adding another fucking fuel to that fire of yep. that list of, of movies. everything yes <laughs> which folks um this is pretty much time yes and no it is our last episode of the year for sidewatch uh we do have a special new year's episode which you could say is the last episode of this year and the first episode of next year it's kind of that weird bridger episode but it's going to be from russia with love and potentially I uh, will have James from Side Talk on as well for that because he nice. he'll he'll definitely he wants to talk the specifically the Sean Connery Bond movies to so be done potentially for that. Uh, at that episode, I think we will uh, 
we'll talk we'll, we'll list off the episodes for 2022 we'll give uh, the themes out for the months and whatnot uh we'll have that ready to go for you guys but we got a full-on like this year like the whole 26 episodes you just like listen to now if you've listened to all of them thank you so much but that was all us just trying to fill out the year and next year is in completely the polar opposite where now we both have like we have all of the themes of this year that we're checking we have my list of movies that I want to introduce that are not those ones. We have Brandon's list of movies that he wants to introduce and potentially another list. And we're going to bring all those in and have to do basically process of elimination to figure out exactly what we're doing for 2022. So mm-hmm. that's going to probably be like a like NFL draft like style <laughs> type thing that it's just going to be us there for an hour or so just trying to figure it out. An hour? <laughs> okay in a couple hours um there'll be food and everything will be great um <laughs> but we'll we'll definitely like give the full announcements there on uh the commercial with love episode to to finish and finish out and start the next year so i am so hyped and yeah this has been a phenomenal you know whatever 28 episodes how many did we do this is our 26th episode and I would say, like, the way I've been doing this, uh, usually each type of show, I have different names where it's like, oh, what's the album or style where it's like, oh, in Sutra Side Talk, we go by years in terms of the actual span of years. We're like in year four for this, for that. Uh, for this, we're in volume one, which after yeah. episode 20, I want to say starting with 28, the episode after From Russia With Love will be yeah. volume two. And just mm-hmm. like kind of still, we got other volume like comic book style so it's just vol so it doesn't confuse anything um but yeah it's gonna be an interesting volume two for sure i think Uh, much more like everything there is there because we fought for it to be there compared to this one like compared to this year it's gonna be a very interesting time yeah it'll be and i think such a different outlook we're gonna do a lot of different things differently i feel next next volume and it's going to be, we've learned a lot this year, you know, like, man, this was the trial year. This was, you know, we, yeah, we started this a year ago. This conversation has now a year old. Cause we had started around um, this time of just like generating that talk about it. And Holy crap, dude, it's insane. What we have accomplished in this year of being how consistent and no matter what we hit our marks and, you know, a late episode is late, but it's not missed, you know? Yeah, we make sure and... that month is still filled. It yes. may, maybe it might not be the week we want it in that month, but it will still come out usually that month. Exactly. Two two to three a month, for sure, no matter what. Yeah. And uh, we covered what we said we would cover. We locked it in. We didn't make any alterations. We didn't change it. We knew what we were doing. I think the only thing we month. just, like, added stuff, if anything, which was, like, From Russia With Love, the 1967 Casino Royale. Those were, like, new additions to it. Where yeah, we, we added like, three Bond movies. Oh, and No Time to Die also, yeah, because yeah. that was, mm-hmm. <laughs> we were not sure if we were going to do that or not, but. Yeah, because of release dates and all that. So it was, it's been wild. It's been crazy. I can't wait to hit this last um, episode on a gigantic Bond film that is just, I think it's a good one to go out and end with a bang for this volume because it's just so popular and it's kind of like the bond movie almost uh of that uh uh, you know i feel like it's one of the most well-known bond movies yeah um and titles from russia with love is just cemented and pun intended i think this has been a great 
I really enjoy the show of having us bond together on it. Yeah, for sure. Literally, this show is what got Comrade and I to bond as podcasters and as friends. And um, it's made our whole year just so much different than if we didn't have this show. So, uh, hey, man, if, if I had a beer or something, it'd be cheers, but I'm drinking. I'm, I'm drinking water. I'm, I'm not going to hit my <laughs> computer screen because then I'll get my water on the laptop. And yeah. Well, I'm not going to, you know, yeah. <laughs> but it's uh, it's been super cool, and we can't thank anyone, everyone enough just for checking it out or listening to some of these episodes. So, man, I can't even express how excited I am to talk about this list because for what I have, I think it's already, like, insane and unique and we got to figure some stuff out and i gotta do some research still too but it's gonna be a different year i feel yeah and definitely yeah. like i will say too it's been like the 2021 for like running the show has been a hectic year like the first yeah. half of the year was crazy because also uh at the same time like we had been talking about it you also helped me shape cut a steel a bit in the beginning yep and we launched this and cut a seal at the same time in January. And we're like trying to make the deadline of Snyder cut. So churning episodes out and everything else and scheduling was insane. It's actually still insane now at this point, but like the year hasn't been too easy just trying to get everything together, but also like I'm juggling like four different shows here and having everything we've done, I'm hoping and you know, Odds are there is a chance, yeah, everything will be the same in 2022 where it's like just as busy. Things aren't haven't like kind of lightened up a bit, but I do still like hopefully you've seen like improvement in like how we've been doing. Like Brandon's been reading the books about them. He's going to be doing more. I'm going to be hopefully doing more. I want to research more about each film and just have a full on like notes set like set of like, oh, this is about all this in the film and really dive deeper because the whole thing was like at the beginning we're like we're this is supposed to help us to get better at something like this so hopefully you've seen us kind of improve as we've gone through this year's worth of episodes and hope to see hope you all see us improve further in the coming year uh just pushing ourselves further but also having more experience with it now being able to talk and talk it up better at least too and just yeah. everything in those aspects yeah, it's going to be funny hearing our first episode when this started to, like, next year's first episode. Yeah, no, very much so. Yeah. Compared to uh, fucking Fight Club. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where we're like, whoa, <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I can't wait for, for our final little hurrah, our New Year's, like, Eve episode, essentially. We'll dress up as Bond. And yeah, much. I can't that. believe it's been a year since Fight Club and Seven. That is insane. That is actually yeah. insane. Yeah, it literally is just kind of absorbing all that right now. We're just like, holy crap, we 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 knocked it out of the park this year with content. Yeah, very much so. But and it was fucking dope. It was yeah, it was great. It was it's been a fucking crazy ride for sure. Uh but yeah, my eagerness to do research on these movies is building. So um guys, thanks for hanging, thanks for listening. And Kamran, where can they find everything you do? Uh, you guys can find it right here on the Sutra Side Talk channel that this show is on. And if you haven't checked them out yet, check out Sutra Side Talk weekly show. We talk about everything we play and watch and a little bit of news. We got Cut of Steel uh, that's kind of hopefully going more uh, in all types of directions where we talk about everything DC now, whether it's live action movies, animated movies, comics, everything. We're just going at, at all of it. And then uh, up to it, down to it. Um, 
every now and again show me and some friends from school we talk about random topics that one's just most unfiltered off the rails and check them all out on all podcast platforms uh we're on tiktok instagram and twitter at suture talk and brandon where can people find you Check out Apollo City Comics on all podcast platforms on YouTube. Uh, we are doing live videos. We have a uh, exciting new segment coming out this coming year, so keep an eye out for that. And uh, hit up our Instagram. We're always engaging with people on there. So awesome! All right. Well, we hope everyone has a merry Christmas, and I hope you had a great Hanukkah if you uh, are Jewish. Sell, yeah, if you're Jewish, of course, like myself. Because uh, it's already way past Hanukkah. Hanukkah's already over. Like, right now when we're recording is, like, the last day of Hanukkah right now. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. you know, happy Kwanzaa to those to celebrate that yeah. as well. Definitely. Yeah, hit up that Kwanzaa stuff. Yeah. But uh, until next time, guys. See you later. See you. <laughs>